Welcome to StarNet Regions 1 and 3 podcast. My name is Dr. Annie Ranking, and I am a Family Resource Specialist with StarNet Regions 1 and 3. If you'd like to find out more about us, please visit us at starnet.org. So welcome everyone. I'm so excited to have um, another family guest with us. And just to show how dedicated we are to sharing these stories, um, Lisa Schofield and I are recording this at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Um, and so we really want to just get this these stories out to be able to share with, with family. So Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? Yes, I can. Thank you for having me. Um, well, um, we have uh, been we have been living a life for a while that was under a military family umbrella for a while, and then my husband retired in 2012. During a uh, almost 24 year career, um, we uh, had a son. Uh, and who is now a full-fledged adult, but at the age of six, uh, he, he was um, he was uh, diagnosed uh, on the autistic spectrum, uh, living with Asperger's, and um, we uh, the three of us are uh, now living life as civilians at this point uh, since 2012, and. Um, Believe it or not, our, our son actually got to graduate from the high school that his mom and dad did also. Oh, that's so exciting. It was pretty crazy, but yes, it happened. And what year did he graduate? Uh, 2000 and, is, oh gosh, is it 17 now? 2018, I'm sorry, apologize, apologize, 2018. Um, excellent. Um, and so... Kind of the next question that I'm asking all families, and especially since you, it sounds like you experienced a lot of your parenthood within the military um, arena under the, and probably moving a lot, I would assume. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So if you can just tell us some stories about um, raising your son. Okay. Well, keeping in mind um, that this new life of um, trying to navigate parenting uh, for a child who just got diagnosed at the age of six, uh, keeping in mind that that was back in 2001. And back at that time, um, you know, it really, the terminology and looking at the guidelines of how to help, how to support resources, et cetera, for someone who has been diagnosed on a spectrum. Back then, it really was a very new and green type of terminology. I have to say that because it's true. Um, You know, we have a completely different conversation and we have completely different um, new uh, types of screenings done now than we did back then. So to navigate through all this way back then, it was hard because I never knew anybody who was diagnosed on the spectrum ever. 
I, um, you know, he lives with Asperger's. And as I said, you know, back then in 2001, this was something that really, it just barely scratched the surface on when we talk about someone who, you know, and how to, um, how to really, you know, make sure that you're trying to find the best support for them and for yourself. So back then it's not, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, when you're, when you're living a military life, on average, you're moving every two to three years. And when you get to a new place, you're trying to scramble real fast. So you're trying to figure out how to, how, you know, what is it I really need? What does he need? You know? And I would say for me, I was, you know, living in, uh, living in different parts of the U.S., different rules, different situations, um, different therapy, well, standard therapies, you know, speech, OT, et cetera, but different, you know, different types of people knew different types of therapies and things. And when you're living that type of a life and you're trying to navigate, you know, being a military family, dealing with things that you're, you know, sometimes not prepared for, and then you're supposed to be trying to maintain a sense of normalcy. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, especially when you have a kid that you're a kiddo that you're trying to help and you're trying to make sure he gets the services he needs. So I would say, you know, for me, just starting out with this, I'd say that, you know, everything kind of felt very topsy-turvy and very uncertain. And I always felt like a mother who was failing. I always did. And I had a really nice uh, special ed teacher who took me by the hand one time when I was crying and said, listen, there is no handbook for this. Because I kept saying, I'm, I'm failing. I, I can't do this. I, I just, I know I'm going to screw up. And she said, there's no handbook for this. You're dealing with enough because you are a military family. You have a lot of uncertainties. But now you've got this that you're going to have to handle. And you have got to give yourself a break. Because you're not going to have everything together. And you're not... It is not going to be easy. You're going to have some great things that are going to happen and some things that are just going to make you cry. But you will see the pluses, the positives. They'll be there. You just have to breathe and let them come. So after I sat and thought about that for a while, you know, and realized, okay, she was right. I need to give myself a break and I need to calm down because guess what? This is going to be a long haul and you're going to have to figure out a way to get through this the way you can, not the way everybody else expects you to, the way you can. So in the process of all of this time, and as I said, my husband retired in 2012, um, you know, up until that year, the retirement year, we were having a lot of ups and downs, and especially in junior high, in the beginning of high school for, for our son. And the reason is because of, of the fact that, and this is something that we're barely scratching the surface on, 
uh, in life. And I know there's lots of schools that try, and I know there's lots of agencies that really try. But I think that what we're really barely scratching the surface on is looking at the emotional health and slash mental health of our individuals on the spectrum, especially those who live with Asperger's. And that is something that really was pervasive in my life as a parent, trying to help our, our son just feel accepted and cared about and feel like, you know, he had support. And when you're a military family, sometimes you don't get a choice as to where you send your kids and you got to go to the place that you got to go. And some schools, you know, they were, you know, they were not keeping up with where he really needed to have the support and the emotional health and the mental health side. Um, when I'm when I speak to that, I'm I'm saying the following. I'm saying, in in when my son is in your school, and other individuals like him. When my son is in your school, he is vulnerable, in his heart, and from his from his feelings. And he needs to know that he is accepted. And there are people who are working with him who have lots of patience and that they're making sure that all of his classmates show patience and compassion when they're with him. Because let's face it, as human beings and as parents, we try to instill those things in our kids, I hope. And the emotional side of what our kids, our kids, my, you know, mine and, and those like us. Our kids have a very, very tough time navigating social interactions and feeling like our peers really understand or at least have the compassion to want to understand, if that makes sense. And I think during our time, you know, with moving and, and adapting and trying to meet new people and just the big scramble that it was, I think it was a hardship for Tyler. Because at a certain point, he felt, I'm never going to have anybody that I can hang on to because I know my dad, my dad's job is going to make me have to leave. And that became one of the hardest things. And over time, as he aged, you know, you're getting in your teens. Well, all of those social situations and trying to fit in and trying not to feel sad and having depression possibly uh, come into play, which, you know, for those who are parents of, of anybody who is anywhere on the spectrum, um, you know, depression can be part of the package eventually. And it's really hard. So I think that, you know, for us, needing, I think for me, knowing everything and going through everything that I know, I think that the, the hardest part was not having schools who really took a sort of an open arms policy for someone who feels sort of sad and broken inside in their heart and saying, okay, 
look, I am so sorry you've been through some things. Your last school was tough. Let us help you. And I never really felt like we kind of got there. We kind of didn't. And that's a hard thing to do when you're dealing with junior high stuff and all of the all of the social stuff and and just you know it's just hard when you're dealing with that so by the time our son was um you know about junior in high school well his dad was retiring and life was about to change uh we hoped for the better and then we had to deal with some really tough things in that all of the time that had led up to these moments where he wasn't feeling secure, he was feeling emotionally drained and sad, well, the depression started kicking in. And it really kicked in with a vengeance. It got so bad that he didn't care about graduating high school. And these types of situations, and no, no, it doesn't mean that we had bad schools all the time. No. And no, it doesn't mean that we were not taking extra precautions to make sure that we tried to get him, you know, the support that he needed and the resources he, that he needed. The problem was that I don't think that the world is really, at that time, has really been able to understand that a foundation, an emotional foundation, is key these days to helping our kids thrive. And all kids, any kid that has a special life challenge, whether it's autism, Down syndrome, whatnot. It's, right. it's a tough situation. And I think that that's really... That's the one that is one big thing that I would say for parents to keep in mind is you should fight for that. You should fight to have a school that cares about that. You should. It's not wrong. It doesn't mean that you have to have a, a you know, a combative conversation at some point, but it means that you need to sit and take a hard look at is my kid getting the emotional support that they need? Because it's just as important as what they learn in math, science, English, et cetera. It's just as important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The military life. Um, we've had some other parents on this podcast who are currently military families. And uh -huh. the struggles yeah. that, that they're going through. Um, she has a, um, the family we spoke with has a five-year-old. And so she's kind of starting that process of moving every two or three years um, and experiencing mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah. And so knowing that there's lots of challenges, um, raising a child with a special need who, who will need services in schools, what are some of the positive experiences that you had in some of the locations that you lived? Um, well, I think, I think it would have boiled down to is, you know, sometimes if it was a bigger city near a bigger city or a bigger base, you tended to find a little bit more help and certainly a little more knowledge base on how to provide those supports. Um, you know, I, we, I had, I had, um, you know, I, ha I had some principles that, you know, 
they could see the struggle in him and they really went out of their way in some schools to, to just, you know, make sure that the teacher was, you know, getting the support that they needed. And I think that also another thing is one of the, one of the teachers that was there uh, that was, um, you know, that he had in junior high had never taught a student on the spectrum before. And he said to Tyler, he said, I want to tell you something. You, I owe you a big thank you. And Tyler was like, I don't understand. And he said, you just put me through one heck of a college course on learning how to do this. And I learned some things. Yeah. Yeah. And I had tears in my eyes. And he said, Tyler, thank you. Because I didn't understand it as well as I should have. And I've learned some things from you. The change it makes for you as a parent, you know, because you said that at the beginning you felt like you were failing, like you were a mother that was failing. But when you have those yeah. teachers say those things, it can really kind of change, change your own self-esteem um, and, yeah, and kind of. Yeah. And so going off of some of those things that the teachers said, what are things that you want our listeners, all the great things you want our listeners to know about Tyler? What are some great assets of him now as an adult? What are some great things? Oh, my gosh. Um... Well, let's see. Well, first of all, he found his bravery in a small way. He's still working on bravery, but he does one thing that every time I tell, we tell somebody who knows him, you know, they, but they haven't seen him in a while, you know, let's say, they just sit there and shake their head. They're going, I can't believe he does this. You ready? What is it? He goes, because he's of age, he's 25. He goes, when he can, when he finds them, he goes to bars that are having karaoke and he will sing. That is awesome! I'm not kidding. He does it. And this happened like three years ago. And my husband and I looked at each other and went, did he just say he wanted to do karaoke? Because, you know, I mean, think of it. What adult has not said, oh, there is no way I'm going right. up there. No, mm -mm, forget it. You, you know, you can't pay me enough. No, this kid, that's what he does. It's his thing. That and is he, so awesome that he has found that. Well, it is. And he wants to expand more on it. And he would like to be able to have social outlets that reflect on this in some way. Um, but again, it's, it's hard and, and I'm hoping that at some point and perhaps there is a listener out there that hears my plea. <laughs> if you can, if you are somebody that can help develop music and other programs and you're wondering, hmm, I wonder what I would do. Good. Give me a call because I'll tell you what you need to do because <laughs> this is the type of thing that for some there is this little voice inside of them that says, couldn't I try it? It doesn't happen for all of them. But sometimes there is. But like, a, why not? Let's just try. Let's just try it. And that is one of the things he does. And he's 25. Now, the other thing I will say is this. And 
for some parents, they probably, especially as they get, their kids are getting older, they might notice it. Um, and if you do, if you have it, it's fun, is when they start to develop their own humor and personality and some of the, the personality, the humor that can come out of them, the things that you just are driving and you're having a conversation and they put in a zinger and you look at them and you most wreck the car because you're laughing so hard. You're like, <laughs> where did that come from? What did you do? And then you kind of look at me and then he'll start smiling and then he'll start laughing. And sometimes you will find those zingers. They'll, they're there. You just don't expect them. It's like the mystery of the mind, right? Like they're in there. Yeah, yeah it's in there. And, you know, the other thing, too, that I, I will say is, you know, for parents who are, who are just getting through or getting started on this journey is expose your kids to a lot. And that includes the arts, music and theater. It's one of the best things that you can do. It really is. We expose Tyler to a lot of different music and a lot of different things. And guess what? He is a music junkie. He loves music. He loves it. He loves to listen to it. He, I mean, it's one of the best things. So don't be afraid to expose your kids to the stuff that you do. You know, well, within reason, of course. But, right. you know, the music, theater, you know, when you hear bands in the park, take them with you and let them hear it. Kids on the spectrum do like music. It's a great thing. It's a great tool. They may not play an instrument, but maybe they'll sing. Right. Like it's, Tyler. You know, yeah. And it's, it's just a great thing. So that's, that's what I would say. Expose them to stuff. Don't be afraid to. And, you know, if you got to leave early, you got to leave early. But guess what? You still exposed them. You get them out and you do things, even if you're like, oh, I cannot do that. Yes, you can. You stand in the back or stand on the side, let them have fun, let them do their thing, you know, give give the other parents a big hi and wave, <laughs> wink, wink, you know, excuse me, don't be offended if my son or daughter does this, you know, and just let them go. It'll be okay. And I have one more question, and it's not a question that I told you about, but do you know Tyler's go-to karaoke song? What's it? All over the place. I'm not even kidding. Um, I, I can't even name one because he just, he does, he doesn't do the same ones every time. I'm not kidding. It's crazy. But the thing is, is that he develops, it's not just about, he likes to listen to the music. He's interested in the artists too. And he looks at them, you know, looks at their background. What are they into? You know, one of the artists he really likes um, is Lady Gaga. And one of the reasons he does is because she's one that is, has been recently been talking about the importance of mental health. And he finds he's like somebody who cares about mental health. Thank you. That's just a small example. But it's fantastic because he does, he tries to pay attention to those things, you know, who really is out there caring about the world and caring about things. So that's one, that's one artist of many, but yeah, right. that's one. 
Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So to kind of end our time tonight, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about um, raising children with special needs, about Tyler, about your family, kind of any last words of wisdom? Um, I would also say, too, is to make sure that to make mental health a priority, even if they're 10, even if they're 12, when they're young, they still need, they need the support. They need a counselor, maybe. They need someone to talk to. They could use play therapy. They need to be able to feel okay about expressing who they are. And do not be afraid to talk to your school about if you see things are not going well emotionally for them. Because if they're crying, all the time when they come home and they don't want to go to school, please pay attention to that. There's a reason. They're not, they're not handling what's going on very well. School is stressful, 100%, but they're not handling it well. So please use your, use your intuition. Use your mama gut. If you feel like something's wrong, go talk to them at the school. And if it comes down to it, you're like, this is, this, this is not working. Another avenue, go for it. Do not feel bad about doing that because it isn't, it isn't going to affect your principal, your teachers, uh, your students, uh, your son or daughter's teachers. Uh, it's not going to affect them, the principal, the admin staff, the cafeteria staff. It's not going to affect them if, you're, if your child's unhappy. It's going to affect you. Right. So please make sure if you feel that things are not going well and you suspect that your child is unhappy at school and really, really struggling and you can see the pain they're in, then take a minute and say, what's wrong? What's really going on here? And be investigative and figure out what it is and see if you can come to a compromise or you find a new school or another learning situation. But don't be afraid to use your gut because that's important. Absolutely. Well, Lisa, it has been so much fun talking to you tonight and learning about your family and learning about your experience. And I know um, that our listeners are really going to, I hope, learn a lot from you um, as kind of being, with, you know, going through it as a military family, but also going through it and and having Tyler now 25 going out and being brave to sing karaoke, right? Um, and so that's just, uh, that's that's a piece that I'm definitely taking with me because I am one of those adults who like, oh, I'm never gonna do karaoke, but, um, but that's awesome. So I really appreciate your time on this late Friday night. Um, and I'm so glad we were able to fit in this interview. Thank you, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Hang in there, everybody, if you're struggling. It gets better a little at a time, but it does. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast from Starnet Regions 1 and 3. If you'd like to find out more about us, please visit us at starnet.org.